Amen. Good morning, church. Honor to come your way this morning with God's word. How are you all doing? Uh, I hope we've had a, a blessed uh, couple of days or a few days, if I should say, in the month of November. Personally, November to me is a month on wheels. It's going very fast. I saw I saw a joke this week. It says that we have moved from November 1st. It was 7th November. So the person wrote, we've moved from November 1st to November 7th in three minutes. It's true. It really looks like three minutes to me, indeed. Because I remember just last week, with like last week we just began 1st November. That's what I felt. And today is 12th. Amen. So we thank God. Uh, let it not be remiss of me. I want to wish anybody who has served this country a happy Veterans Day. You know, yesterday was Veterans Day, so if your uncle, father, brother, mother, sister, grandparents did that, we salute them. Amen. So that's that's, that's a worthy cause. <laughs> fighting. Fi fi fighting for our rights. Today we'll, we'll talk about something along those lines. Amen. Father, let's start off with a word of prayer, please. And thank you for the prayer, Mr. Hayford. That was good. Father, we thank you for this word as we come before your word. We, we ask that your word will come forth in simplicity and in clarity of speech. Lord, may my thoughts be articulated well to minister under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. May my speech be guided by the Holy Spirit. Uh, may your word have its wonder-working power in the lives of your audience, your immediate audience, and, and any, any audience that will hear this message through any other means. In Jesus' name, amen. Go with me to 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. Just looking at one verse. I'm speaking on the theme, the good fight of faith. The good fight of faith. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, and I read, Fight the good fight of faith. See, if you have a hard copy, you could underline the word fight. There's one of the reasons why I like hard copy Bibles. Excuse me, because you can easily underline just one word. I know that the, the software Bibles, it, it kind of becomes difficult. Well, it might depend on which one you use, but most time you have to highlight the whole verse. Fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, to which you were also called and have confessed the, the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Amen. Last week, we were really blessed by our presiding bishop. Amen. He gave us an instructive teaching on what it means to win the battle of faith. Uh, he took us through four important principles and four important steps. Amen. Uh, we should know who we are. Okay. We should not allow circumstances to rob us of our identity. Uh, know the source of your identity. Um you you have to 
understand that it will take the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to win the battle. It was powerful. Amen. So I've just given you three. You, you can check the fourth one by listening to the message on the podcast. Amen. But it was good. Uh, I felt very inspired uh, throughout this week. And along um, this line, I will want to shift gears and talk on the good fight of faith. The good fight of faith. If you do remember clearly, in the first week of our month, this new month, um, we held a week-long prayer and centered our thoughts and meditation on faith. And it's very important that we emphasize and establish this truth. Why? Because our whole existence as Christians hang on it, that word faith. Faith is as vital to the Christian as air is to the human. You know, one, one of the basic necessities for a human being to be in existence is air. If you don't have it, you are not here. And, and so does faith play in the life of a believer. Even the Bible says in Hebrews 11 verse 6, it explicitly lets us know without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Our inception, even into salvation, all right, it occurred on the virtue of faith. You had to believe, right, before you experienced salvation. So, uh, faith from a biblical perspective is crucial. Another biblical, biblical perspective on faith I also want you to consider is that it can be built up. So it's imperative on us to grow our faith. So this month of November, see it as a month where I have a duty to grow my faith. And if you do remember, one of the scriptures we, we used during our week-long prayer marathon was in Jude 1.20, which talks about building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So one of the avenues by which you can build your faith, when, when we're talking about building your faith, it means that you come to a place where you have a solid faith, where your faith is not easily shaken, your trust and confidence in the Lord is not easily shaken depending on whatever news you hear. You can hear bad news such as you have cancer. You can hear bad news such as uh, something unfortunate will befall you. But when your faith is not shaky and you come to that place where you have total trust and absolute confidence in God that God has got my back, that is a built-up faith, all right? And it, it just doesn't happen by wishing, okay? It just doesn't happen by dreaming. It happens by putting in the work. And one of the ways by which we can build our faith is to pray in the Holy Ghost. That, that is why as believers, it is so important for us to believe in the gift of speaking in tongues, which is tantamount to praying in the Spirit, because you build up your faith life. Amen. And that's not the only way, but that is one of the ways. So now let me shift to our verse we just read. Um, this verse is talking to us about another aspect of faith here. 
you know, we we always when we talk about faith, we always look at it from one aspect. The faith we talk about more is about believing in God for things. And there is nothing wrong in believing God for things because it's, it's part of faith. But um, this faith is a different kind of faith when Paul is talking about fighting the good fight of faith. Amen. First and foremost, it is um, biblically conclusive that the epistles of Timothy, what I just read from, there are two, two of them, two letters. They were Paul's last letters before he was sentenced to death. So uh, these epistles, they really have a tone of urgency, a tone of warning. Because these letters, Timothy, first and second Timothy, they are the last words of a dying man. Knowing he's about to die, knowing he's about to be executed, he will say what is his most important thing on his heart. Amen. And, you know, according to history, Paul died somewhere in the 64, 65, and Prenero killed him. You know, he, Paul died because he was beheaded. All right. He, he, he didn't have a fancy funeral. Yeah, a fancy funeral. He was beheaded. So I'm sure even if Paul should be laid in state, he, he, he couldn't even be laid in state because it would be too graphic. Where is his head? Where is his head? He died a very gruesome death. And Paul knew this death was awaiting him. That's why he penned down this letter. And even though the, uh, um, the books of Timothy are pastoral in nature, it, it has a fatherly tone to it because Paul is instructing Timothy, who is his son in the faith. And he's explaining to him what he deems important. If you do remember, um, last three weeks, I believe, um, Minister Lily, is the last three weeks? Yes, I believe it was last three weeks. Minister Lily took us um, through the Great Commission. And one of the things I got out of her passionate teaching was the Great Commission is very important because it's Jesus' last words. Yes, and he said that, and, and we, um, she took us through a myriad of scriptures proving to us that Go ye into all the world, preach the gospel, and disciple one another. It's Jesus' last scene. And we looked at it especially from the account of uh, Luke's version in Acts chapter 1, verse 4 to 8. The Bible said that immediately Jesus had finished talking about it, he was caught up in the heavens. So last words. Jesus knew he was about to go. He sensed his time was approaching. Therefore, he gave what was the most important thing on his heart. In this same vein, Paul could sense, my time is coming. I'm going to face execution. My head is going to come off. Therefore, I need to let my son in the faith know what I deem very important. 
I do remember one time we were talking among a group of friends. <clears throat> and one of our friends just decided to give us a scenario, something that we should think through. Because uh, we 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 saw a plane crash. This 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 was a plane crash on on news, and one of the fascinating things about the plane crash when they were going through the rubble was the amount of handwritten notes by the survivors. The amount of handwritten notes people had written notes on their purses, people had written notes on you know. <clears throat> The, the serviettes that they serve on the plane. People people had written notes on many things, you know, on hard book covers, magazines, and, and what have you. People have written notes. And some of these notes were like the last things of the passengers. Because when the this plane crashed, I think um, the pilots told the passengers in the plane, um, brace for impact. We are not gonna make it. We are not gonna make it. So uh, it's like I'm prepping you guys up. We are not gonna make it. Brace for impact. And unfortunately, everybody on that plane died. But the most fascinating thing that I can remember about that incident was the amount of notes that you know, the detectives and the forensic aspects gathered, you know. I'm like, wasn't the plane bent to ashes? So how were they able to get all these um, notes? But people had written notes. And and some of them were like, I love you. You know, because I think, like, this is my most important thing. I'm about to die. I have 10 seconds. I should say what is the most important thing on my heart. You know, someone will say, I love That's the most important thing. So what I'm trying to say is that if we all happen to be at that place where we feel like, wow, our, our life is coming to our end in front of our own eyes, what will our last words be? So I do remember when we were talking among friends, we, we like, just imagine we are all in a plane. What would be our last words? Man, that was even chilling to think about. I mean, who wants to think? I don't want to think about it. I don't want to die in a plane crash. But for some reason, we all had to think for that moment, like, wow, what will be the most important thing to say? If I had a child, and for example, you know, I happen to be on the plane with the mother, what will we tell our children? I'm not, and so I was asking myself, am I going to tell them to iron their clothes, brush their teeth twice a day? I, no, I'm going to tell them what is the most important thing in my, you know, what is the most important thing? Somebody told them, I'm going to tell them about money. I have money hidden in this stash, you know, like so to him, that's the most important thing. And another person also said that I will say education. Because to him, that's very important. Take your educations here. We all had to say something. I also had to come up with something. But among all our friends, none of us said, brush your teeth, you know, whatever. Because we don't deem that important. We, we are thinking about you have just some few seconds and then you are gone. We, we had to come up with the most important thing. So... The, the, the books of Timothy, when you look at it content-wise, it's no child's play. 
There is no room given to leisure here. Everything written in the book of Timothy, first and second books of Timothy, is serious business. Amen. So Paul spoke to Timothy about his faith. And the faith here is about his trust and confidence in the Lord Jesus that led him to eternal life. This is the kind of faith Paul is talking about, not the kind of faith that charismatics are affiliated with or what they know, not the kind of faith that has given birth to a sort of movement called the Word of Faith movement, not that kind of faith. But this is fidelity and trust in the Lord Jesus that led uh, Timothy to eternal life. Paul, in short here, is just talking about salvation. That's what Paul is talking about. And Paul used a very strong word. He said, fight. Fight. Fight the good fight of faith. Now, what does it mean to fight in, in this context? In, the, in this context, it means to contend with difficulties. Contend with dangers that fight the gospel. It's a command to his son. Because that's what led Apostle Paul into prison in the first place. That is what has led Apostle Paul to a place of execution. And not many days from writing this letter, he was going to face his fate. And Paul is instructing his son that fight the good fight, contend with difficulties, Contend with dangers that fight the gospel. Contend with it. Fight the good fight of faith. Maintain your posture. So when we receive Christ as our Lord and personal Savior, we are supposed to maintain a fighting posture. We have to contend with difficulties and dangers that will fight the gospel. We have to contend with difficulties and dangers that will muffle our voice to shout that we are Christians. We have to contend with difficulties and, diffi and, and, and dangers that, that will sort of shift our focus and shift our stance from believing in the Lord Jesus. Maintain your posture. Fight against comforts that will lure you away from God and His presence. Do you know that comfort is a good thing? We all like comfort. Comfort is a very good thing. But there is a certain kind of comfort that the devil is bringing that will lure us away from God and lure us away from his presence. And you are to fight those things if you really want to win this fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Strive to maintain a relationship with God. This morning, we just had a very powerful expose from our Bible study teacher. And he was instructing us through the Holy Scriptures that we should press on through our key verse in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. We should press on, press on, press on. We should have a goal to have an ever-increasing knowledge of who God is in our lives every waking day of our life. We should know who this God is. We should know God. Strive. Strive for a relationship. 
strive to maintain a relationship with God. For some Christians, they are not hot anymore because you have lost the fight to maintain your relationship with God. The search for money has drowned that desire. Too much overactivity and business has drowned that desire. And, and, and your faith is lukewarm because you are not striving to maintain a vibrant, active relationship with God. Strive to maintain a relationship with God. Yes, I know Thanksgiving is around the corner. I know Christmas is around the corner. And all of us are going to get overtime. Overtime to work so that we can indulge in our fantasies. Overtime to work so that we can get money to spend for uh, Christmas. And there is nothing wrong with that. Hard work is a good virtue. If there is any virtue that we should all have, it's the, the, the virtue of hard work. Diligence is a good thing. Go and read the book of Proverbs. Proverbs is replete with the advantages, the rewards of being diligent and, and being a hard worker. But please, don't let hard work replace your time with God. Strive to maintain a relationship with God. Normally, around this time, I'm, I'm, I live here in America, so I can say for America, around this time, you realize that people's faith start to lose dullness. Uh, no, it starts to lose sharpness. It, it loses sharpness. It, they, they have a blunt edge to their Christian faith. Yeah, because, because of the culture. It demands that you work a lot. Work a lot so that you will get money so that you can spend on Thanksgiving. Work a lot so that you will have money to spend on Christmas things. And even though it's good to work, make sure that your working doesn't replace your times of communion with God. Make sure. Strive. Having a relationship with God is a fight. And if you lose that fight, you've lost your faith. Keep your holiness and sanctification. Just last two weeks, we had Pastor Jessica preach the message on Who Am I? It's a two-part series. And, and she mentioned six things that constitute our identity. And one of them is, I am holy. Maintain your holiness. Fight to keep your holiness and sanctification. I don't want to go into what is holiness and what is sanctification. Two weeks ago, it's on the podcast. Listen to it. She explained all that. So it, it will just, um, it, 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 it will be like sort of, I'm, I'm just beating about the bush all over again. But she did explain that. But what I'm trying to say is that keep your holiness and sanctification. In this ever-changing, rapid world where um, everything seems to be decaying, I'm talking about things are decaying, morals are decaying, standards are decaying, you know, um, there are no more boundaries anymore. In this world that we live in, keep your holiness and sanctification. It's a fight. It's a fight. And Paul calls it a good fight. Fight the good fight of faith. 
And the meaning of this word good means praiseworthy or noble. So what uh, Paul is saying is that we should contend with difficulties and dangers that fight this gospel, for it is a noble cause. It's a noble cause in the eyes of God to maintain your stance in the Lord and maintain your confession you have professed in Christ Jesus. It's a noble cause. Therefore, fight. So when we receive the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal Savior and as our Master, we've been invited into an eternal struggle and contention. Why do I say that? Because we have to make sure that we maintain our stance in the Lord and we have to make sure that we maintain our confession until the end of the age. It's a fight. And that's why when you read this same Timothy, Apostle Paul said, listen, in the last days, some will depart from the faith. If you don't have a posture of fighting to maintain your belief, fighting to maintain your stance, fighting to maintain your confession, you will drift away. But God sees it as a noble cause. It is a noble cause. Paul in this scripture is exhorting Timothy that you confess Christ as your Lord and Savior in front of many witnesses. Hold on to the eternal life that you have also been called to. You see, eternal life is not something we just confess. It's also a calling. We've been called to eternal life. It brings me to that scripture in John 6, 44, which Jesus says, no one can come to Christ unless the Father draws him to me and I'll raise him up in the last day. You know, so through the words of Jesus, we know that receiving Christ as our Lord and personal Savior or coming into this Christian faith is a calling. We've been called to this. We've been called to this life of faith in Christ Jesus and we shouldn't let the joy of our salvation diminish. It's a fight, my friends. It's a fight. You've been called to this. You've been called to this. Isaiah once said, Woe to the person who is at ease in Zion. And Zion is a type of the church. When God calls you to the church, it's not a time to fold your arms, cross your legs, and take a reclining position. It's a time to be all ears and attentive. We have to fight to maintain our confession. Fight to maintain our stance in the Lord. Many things can be an encumbrance or a hindrance. Friends, friends can be a hindrance. The culture. Oh, the worldliness, the worldliness, the culture, even cancel culture can even be a deterrent towards you fighting the good fight of faith. You are afraid to profess your godly beliefs because you are afraid that you will be canceled. 
That's that's a deterrent. The difficulties. You know that there are some people who truly love the Lord, but difficulties, hard times, crisis, it can drown their faith. We have to fight sin. For some people, they are just like Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 7. Oh, this wretched man, who would deliver me from this body of death? Sin. For some, the devil has really taken captivity over us through our thought life and even through our actions because of sin in our lives. We've, we've come to that place where even our will is even broken. But don't give up. Fight. It's an opportunity to contend for our faith. Please fight this good fight of faith by maintaining your confession of Jesus as Lord and your stance in the Lord. So when you say Jesus is Lord, maintain that confession and maintain your stance in the Lord. Don't let go of God. Like the old preachers used to say, hold on to God's unchanging hand. Hold on, hold on to God's unchanging hand. Never let him go. It is a noble and a praiseworthy cause we have been called to. This is one of our noble assignments we've been called to, to contend for what we believe, to maintain our stance in the Lord. We have to maintain our stance in the Lord. We have to. Because if we don't come into this Christian faith with that militarized thoughts, things will take us on our way. Now, I want us to read something in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 to 8, and see what happens when we fight the good fight of faith. So go with me to 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 to 8. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 to 8. This is Apostle Paul. He told his son in 1 Timothy 6, fight the good fight of faith. Now look at Apostle Paul himself in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 to 8. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but to all who love his appearing. When we talk about fighting the good fight of faith, it means we have prevailed against all odds. It means we didn't backslide. It means we didn't depart from the faith. And it's my prayer to you this morning that may you prevail against all odds. Prevail. I know times are tough, but don't let go of your stance in God. You might not be having the best of situations, but don't let go of God. 
don't backslide. Don't depart from the faith. I know there is a lot of error and false teachings around, but don't depart from the faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Prevail against all odds. Don't backslide. Don't depart from the faith. Because as scripture has said, some will depart from the faith. Don't depart from the faith. Paul, who is just about to face the execution of the emperor, says, I've kept the faith. You know, during Paul's time, like if you're an emperor, one of the ways to get out was just to denounce Christ. Paul had a way out, you know. He could have said, I don't believe in this Christ I'm preaching anymore. Emperor Nero would have set him free. That is what they wanted. But Paul was a hardcore follower. I'm not going to denounce my faith just because of the edge of the sword. I'm not going to denounce Christ. He could have denounced Christ and he could have lived. But he didn't. He set his face as hard as a flint and bites the bullet of death. And he said, I've kept the faith. There are many forces, many difficulties that will want to strangle our belief for Christ. Paul said, I've kept the faith. He said, finally. You know, I can tell that when he was writing this, it was even a tone of happiness for him. I could tell. Like, man, people have given up on this faith, but I didn't give up. One day, there is a crown of righteousness which my Lord, who is the righteous judge, will give to me. And not to only me alone, but to anybody who loves us up here, they will receive this crown. Friends, there are two things. We will either die or Christ will come back for his church when we are alive. But either or, may it be said, you are ten toes deep. You are committed to this thing. It's not, it's not a phase. Some people, they just treat Christianity as a phase. They, they, and they just phase out. May you not treat this as a phase. May you be committed. May you be committed. Be committed to maintain your confession. Be committed to maintain your trust and your confidence in the Lord Jesus. Be committed. Be committed to stand fast in the faith. Contend with difficulties. Contend with dangers that will want to fight and oppose the gospel. Contend with them. We have been called to this fight of faith, which the Bible calls it good. And that word good means it's praiseworthy, it is noble. This is also faith. With God on our side, may we not miss our reward. May we not miss our crown. May we not lose out. But may we say that we stood firm. Until the day of reckoning, or until your last day, 
either you are going to just draw your last breath and die, or either Christ is going to come back and meet you alive. May you say, I stood for him. That is the fight of faith. So faith is not just believing God for things. Faith is not just believing God that everything that I have prayed for will come to pass in the next one and a half months. That is one aspect of faith. But also standing for God. Come hell or high water. Friends, this is what we call the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Today, you are being called to a place of contention. It's a godly contention. Contend with difficulties. Contend with dangers that will lure you from your stance in the gospel that will change your confession. Because there are some people that can confess Jesus as Lord. And then some few years later, so I don't even know him. Who is he? I'm an atheist now. May we not come to that place. May we not come to that place. David prayed one prayer. He said, Lord, don't take away your spirit from me, creating me a clean heart. But this is the most important prayer for me. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation and renew a right spirit within me. The joy of salvation. When you lose that joy of salvation, you will not fight this fight of faith well. You won't fight this faith well. May we not lose this joy of salvation. May we not lose it. May we not lose it. Father, I've delivered your word to your people. If we've even lost this joy of salvation, restore it unto us, O Lord, and renew a right spirit within us. Your word has been delivered, O Lord, just as you gave it to me. I pray that may we fight this good fight of faith, and above all, may we win it. May we win. And we thank you that we are winning because our stance in you will not shift. Our confession of you that you are our Lord and Master will never change. Our beliefs will not be under attack. Our voices will not be muffled. But may we continue to scream aloud and represent you boldly by fighting this good fight of faith. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Over to you, Pastor Jessica, for communion and offering. God bless you.